You're listening to Summer in the Psalms, a podcast hosted through Coramdale College, the college-age ministry of Coramdale Bible Church in Davenport, Iowa. This podcast is meant to be supplemental to our weekly Bible studies, as well as our community hangouts happening throughout the summer. So if you want any information on that, or you'd like to get involved, feel free to head on over to our website, coramdalebible.church college. There, you'll find all the details for our summer events and Bible studies, as well as a way to get connected. We hope to see you in person soon, but for now, let's dive into what the Lord has for us in the Psalms. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Summer in the Psalms. I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers. And I'm Regan Erickson. And today we are doing, this is episode three. Uh, so the third time that we've recorded this, our second week of meeting officially uh, for the, the Bible study, Summer in the Psalms. And coming up this week, you are going to be reading Psalm 16. Psalm 16 is uh, the first one we see attributed to somebody, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I, I just want to say thank you for your engagement. Um, I know the, the groups I've been a part of have had some really great discussion, really great questions, and I, I've heard from the other leaders that too. Keep on reading, keep on leaning in, keep on asking these questions. Um, and as the Psalms get longer as we go through, I want to encourage you to read the Psalm before you show up that night so you have an idea of where you're going um, it's going to be hard to just break down every single verse by verse within the time that we have. So when you have a little more familiarity of the verse itself, that'll allow the, the study to be better. So just a, a quick encouragement uh, there. But anyways, thank you. Thank you for your engagement. Um, On to the episode, right? So we have been answering questions the last few weeks, questions about structure, questions about... Um, well, just really, what are the Psalms? Why are they placed? Where are they placed, right? Yeah. Um, how do like, we read them? Yeah. How, how should we go about reading them? Also understanding the poetry in them. Yeah. And we got to see some of that play out last week. Uh, but Regent, what's our question today? What, like, what are we answering today? Today, we're answering who the authors are. Um, and then primarily out of that, focusing on the question of who is David. Particularly because... because the Psalms were written by many different authors, or at least yes. a handful of different authors. And David, we mean like the King David, like yep. probably people's mo- one of one of people's most favorite uh, people in the Bible or yeah. characters in oh, the Bible. Sure. Yeah, he's one of the most well known. I would say, at least in my experience. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I naturally assume that if I read a Psalm, it's written by David, yeah. right? Which is a valid assumption, and David wrote about half of the 150 Psalms, uh-huh. which is quite a few Psalms. Um, I think something that's really funny is out of the eight that we're going through this summer, five of them were written by David. Yeah. And so that's the, one of the things that I had mentioned is Psalm 16 coming up, guys, is the first one we're going to read that says that it is from David himself. Yep. So it, we can clearly see who the author is, which is not always the case. Yep. Um, so anyway, but you said we're getting to David. Uh, but what what do we need to talk about first? Well, we just wanted to touch on who the authors were. Again, we talked about this a little bit in the first week, but to kind of recap, the Psalms is a collection of songs composed independently. And so there's several different authors that are collected in this book. David's one of them, as we've mentioned. But there's also some others like Solomon, who's David's son. There's uh, this group re- referred to as the Sons of Korah, who lived after David. 
they wrote some of the Psalms. There's even a couple that Moses wrote. Um, outside of that, there's not too many more. There's a, more that are just unknown. Several mm-hmm. of them don't have an author attributed to them, and we have no way of knowing exactly who wrote it. Yeah, and I, I sort of like that too. Yeah, because um, I, I, I've always taken that to mean that at, at the end of the day, the author is not the most important part. It's what's communicated. Yeah, that's good. And the truth that was communicated, or what it revealed about God, or what it revealed about our relationship with God. That trumps everything. Same thing, like as a worship pastor, I have this conversation quite a bit that um, when it comes to music and it comes to genre and the type of music that we play during the the praise part of our worship services, uh, God chose not to preserve that. He chose not to preserve the notes or the music or the melodies or the harmonies or anything else because at the end of the day, what matters about our worship is the content of it. Um, so I think that applies also to our, our authors. Um, yeah, that's really good. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into them, particularly David. But at the end of the day, this is this is secondary. This is yep. just meant to give us a better understanding of maybe where psalms like this and songs like this could come out of somebody's life and how we can relate to it. Would that be the best way to? Yeah, word I it? think that's the very that's way better than I would have said it. But that is one of the first points that uh, I wanted to make with this is that. We're, we're trying to provide insight into David's life that helps understand some of this. But at the end of the day, like Cody said, these are not knowing the author is totally fine and it doesn't change what's said. Cool. So uh, where do we want to start? Um, let's just start with an overview of David. Like, who is he? Um, how long ago did he live? Those type of those little basic things. Mm. So, for example, he's the son of Jesse. Um, who was the, uh, a distant son of Judah, who was a son of Abraham, for those of you who are curious. But he lived around 1,000 B.C., so a little over 3,000 years ago. Um, and one of the things that is a question I, I came across people asking that I wouldn't have thought about, but is a, a really interesting question is, did David have credentials to have written so many of the Psalms? What do, what do you mean? Like, like wh- Was he a good songwriter? Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting. That never even crossed my mind. Huh. Well, we, I mean, we know he was a gifted musician yes. because there's times in which he comforts, um, was it, say, an evil spirit yes. that, that comes a, upon in, Saul? First Samuel. Yeah. So, I mean, we know he was, he was a gifted musician itself. Yeah. Um, so, I, can, I mean, and nowadays, of course, he's an amazing uh, <laughs> poet, as we can see. But, yeah, I wouldn't even thought that was he received well in his time. I, yeah. I don't know. And, and it says he was. At the end of Second Samuel, it, it refers to him as having a reputation of a sweet psalmness oh, okay. of Israel. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I've overlooked that, evidently. Yeah, that, it, it was, it's just, that was really interesting to me. And I think, you know, is kind of comforting to think about. And, like, he's written so many of them, and he was experienced in writing music mm. in general, so it makes sense. So if we're going and we want to learn more about David, where will we find him in Scripture? Oh, yeah. So that would be the history books yes. is, is where, uh, you know, we said that God, that the Bible is God's holy library more than it's just God's holy book. And there's different genres and sort of smack dab in the middle of the, the Old Testament. Um, well, I guess Psalms is sort of smack dab in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, in there, in the midst of it is the historical books, yes. which is where the history of the two kingdoms and kings and things like that. So mostly Samuel, first and second Samuel. Yeah. You'll find the narrative of David in First and Second Samuel. It almost 
from chapter 16 in 1 Samuel through to the end of 2 Samuel, that is almost entirely talking about David and his life. Mm-hmm. And then he's mentioned and he he's like in like 1 Chronicles and 1 Kings, but it doesn't play as big of a part. And those, those discuss more of the kings after him. So if you're interested in wanting to go read about David, 1 and 2 Samuel is a great place to do that at. David started out as the youngest of eight sons, was anointed to be king, but wasn't king for a period of time. And then we have his life as king. And then we'll, we'll dive into those. There's different facets of his life that happened. So one of the important things of knowing David's life as we're about to dive into it is just the fact that when we read something of like my foes surround me and I'm overwhelmed, it may not be a, a specific spot. This is what we were talking about earlier yeah. before we hit record. Like it may not be a specific spot we're able to point to, but we'll know enough to point to areas in his life where he definitely was justified in writing yeah. something like that. And that, that is a good point to make before we get into it is out of the 75-ish Psalms that David wrote, only 14 of them in the title specifically point to a specific part of his life where we know exactly what was happening when he wrote that psalm. And we will have a, a one or two of those as we go, right? I know Psalm 51, as we get to it, yeah. particularly is one of those that, that we'll see in our, in our summer in the Psalms. Yep. And yeah. And so those are, those are cool ones just to know exactly what was happening in his life. But something to remember is in, in a lot of these Psalms, David was probably looking back on his life and reflecting and just remembering the way the Lord worked. Or mm, I, I didn't even think about that, yeah. you know, because I always think like, oh, he's writing the, like he's in a cave hiding from his enemies, like scrawling down yeah. on a piece of paper, all these things. But yeah. And some, some there, for the few, there's a few of them where we can say that happened because there's a couple where he's in a cave, but more than likely he wasn't for most of them. He was preparing Israel for worship and was reflecting huh. on some of the, that's a good way to think about his life. So David, the first time we see him um, is in 1 Samuel 16, and this is when he's anointed by the prophet Samuel to be king. Um, This was a very uncommon way for this to happen for David because he was, for one, the youngest of eight sons, which at that time meant he had the least status among his brothers. And then Israel already had a king, King Saul. And typically the way the lineage or the way that the royal title was passed on was through their sons. The Lord had left Saul and so had chosen David, and that is why David was anointed king. Mm. But as you can imagine, that kind of creates a unique dynamic between Saul and David because Saul is king, but he also knows that his royal throne isn't going to be passed to his sons. It's The plan is for it to go to David. Mm. Yeah, so summary... David's beginning to his kingship starts pretty controversially. Yes. Yep. And so as that goes on, David, we learn that David was good with music and Saul actually brought him into his house to comfort him and that he would play songs for Saul um, because Saul had an evil spirit over him and it helped calm him. And he did this for a while. And then eventually Israel was in war fighting the Philistines. And this is where we come to the famous, uh, probably the most common story, I would say, with David. Like the first one kids learn. Yeah. And it's David and Goliath, where he he kills the the giant and um, he gets a lot of fame from that, which is kind of like where things start to escalate between David and Saul. 
Uh, it's from that point on that David starts to do really well in war and battle, starts to gain a lot of fame and honor. And it's when the people start referring to David as more successful than Saul that wow. Saul really starts to get upset. And he gets a little jealous. Yep. And that's where we enter probably the first that we know of low in David's life. And that's when Saul attempts to kill him while he's playing for him. And uh, from that point on, David is fleeing Saul. So when he's fleeing Saul, he's like out in the wilderness, living on his own. Um, he has people with him occasionally as well. But this is a time where his life's being threatened. Saul is chasing him and wants to take that from him because he doesn't want David to be king. And as many times, literally, you know, hiding in caves and just escaping by the, the, the skin of his neck, it, it, it's kind of a crazy time for David. Yeah, and so in, and we can relate to that in a lot of different ways. Um, essentially, you know, David is holding on to a promise, holding on to something that is to come and that has been called out in him, but hasn't seen it fulfilled yet. And that promise that he's holding on to is the thing that's causing him so much pain, the thing yeah. that's causing him to be tortured or, or to be fearful of his life. Um, and, and even that right there shows the character of David, uh, just like we're called to be as well. We have this promise of salvation to come, yet it's the promise of salvation that we believe in that often causes us to be persecuted. Yep. Um, so like right off the bat, we can start drawing these lines between King David and what it means to be saved, and even the fact that we're going to be saved through the line of David, which was Jesus. It, I mean, so his family's been dealing with it for a long time. It's yeah. pretty much the, the way yeah. to word it. That, that's really good. That's really good. He does this for several years. Um, we don't know exactly how long he, he was, uh, they refer to him as a youth when he was with Saul before Saul started trying to kill him. And so we don't really know exactly how old he was when that started, but then he moves on and eventually, um, Israel's also fighting other battles in the midst of Saul chasing him and Saul ends up dying in battle. And so this is kind of the opening for David to become king. Um, it was supposed to be after Saul. It doesn't go smoothly. Um, David gets an anointed king over Judah. And then one of Saul's sons, Abner, ends up being king over Israel. Um, and this is where we know that David was 30 years old. Yeah. And, and we talked about this just to head back. They're two separate kingdoms, yep. uh, you know, sort of there. And David eventually, as we see, unites them. Yep. But um you know, just keep that in mind, guys, that, that we've talked before, Israel has not always been united, and there is Israel and Judah, and, and, and these things, they're, they're important to just sort of understand the, um, the history of Israel yeah. itself. Yeah, and that it, Israel, it'll start with Judah and Israel here, David's going to unite them, and then it's after David's life where we, we have it split again. So mm -hmm. once, once seven and a half years goes by in David's life, he, he's finally able to unite Israel and he's, he's become king over all of Israel, which is a, which is a good time for Israel. David is really successful in war for, throughout his life in general. Um, and some highs that come up throughout that is at one point they bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, which mm. was a really, really good, good time in Israel. It's an interesting story. Um, but when the ark finally does come in. You get to see like David just rejoicing and worshiping and like yeah. beautiful moment of he, like joy. strips down. Yeah. The, he's like down just his to, ethid or whatever it's yeah. called. Right. Yeah. His, 
uh, his bare clothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they just, it's kind of one of those ones that just make you smile, just like thinking about just how happy they were. Because just as a quick note, the Ark of the Covenant represented the Lord's presence. And so that was a big deal to be bringing that in. Yeah. And it shows, once again, you know, I feel like I'm going to say this several times, is the the heart of David. Yeah. Um, Not only was he holding on to these promises and believed the Lord for him, he also just loved the Lord. Um, the, The idea that the king of... Israel would fall uh, into this place of dancing like a silly little boy in front yeah. of the Ark of the Covenant, um, embarrass him, embarrass his wife, right? Yeah. And and yet he still loved the Lord so much, he was unashamed in his adoration for him. Um, so that we also see that's another reason why the Lord so used uh, David to write these Psalms, because of the, the adoration and ascription that David poured out to God so often in his life. And then another really big high in David's life that we're not going to spend too much time on is the Davidic covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up getting a promise from the Lord, a covenant, makes a covenant with the Lord that promises a, a king that will sit over Israel for all time um, that is referring to Jesus um, and promises Jesus essentially through his line. And with that, those are a couple of the highs um, there's also some lows that came with David while he was king, and perhaps the worst one is Bathsheba, the story of Bathsheba. Mm, which we will get to in Psalm 51 coming up, too. So, Okay. Well, you know, because that, that happens. Like, Psalm yeah. 51 is his repentance from it. So yeah. um, this will come back later on as well, everyone, That this whole story that, that Regent's about to get into. Yeah, and so story of Bathsheba, to kind of fly real quickly through it, is it was the time of war for Israel. That Typically, they fought war in spring, and um, his armies were off fighting in battle, and David had stayed behind. And he was walking outside, saw a woman bathing on the top of a roof next door, summoned her, and then committed adultery, and she got pregnant. And so this is a, a big problem for David. He committed adultery, and people were going to find out because she was pregnant. And so he tried to cover this up and summoned his wife's husband, or her, Bathsheba's husband, I should say, uh, from war. His name was Uriah, and brought him back with the intent of Uriah trying to have Uriah sleep with her and cover up and make mm-hmm. him think that it was his child, Yeah, which didn't work. Yeah, because Uriah proves to be, in that moment, a, a better man yeah, he than does. David, a, a, a man uh, who is willing to follow through on his commitments. Yes, exactly. And so it's just, David's not happy about that. And so he sends Uriah back to battle and then gives the head commander uh, the charge to put Uriah on the front lines and essentially sends him into a battle for guaranteed death. And that happens. Uriah goes in, is in the front lines and dies. Um, so David essentially murders Uriah because he's he, his command is to have him die so that he can cover up what's happened with Bathsheba. After um, he dies, David then takes Bathsheba as his wife. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's not just the adultery. It's not just the lying. It's the deceit and murder of a man as well. These are all things that can be ascribed to David now because of these actions. Yeah. Um, the, the king who was anointed and is declared a man after God's own heart um, has done all these things all of a sudden, and it's a, it's a it's a low point in his life that we see. Yeah, and the Lord obviously is very very much not happy with this. And a prophet at the time by the name of Nathan was there, and the Lord spoke to Nathan, and um, Nathan confronted David, and just called him out 
for his sin. And David repents and he, he immediately recognizes that what he did was wrong. Um, and in that, we get some several pro- essentially promises the Lord made to David um, that kind of lead to some of the more low points that come later in his life. And he, he tells David that there's going to be evil that comes up from within his own house, which we're going to see in Absalom. Which is the opposite of the, the promise yep. that is given to David, right? Exactly. That, yeah. that there will be someone that's from good. his house that's, gonna, that. that's going to reign forever. Yeah. And then um, he also is told that uh, his son that Bathsheba had when he got her pregnant was going to die. Um, and that leads into a, a story of David fasting over him while he's sick and praying. And then the, the boy does die and he then kind of turns almost 180 and washes up and then goes to the uh, temple and worships the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked about this because people were really surprised that, um, which is the way he entered into this. And we get like a really good look at David's heart at this point in time. And he, he essentially, he just tells them, I fasted and prayed because we have a gracious God. But now that his son has died. He's like, I, I can't bring him back. So I'm going to go worship the Lord for being a just God. Yeah. So once again, right back to the heart of David, yeah. right? He is repentant. Um, even though he has to be called out on it, uh, in order to repent, he does repent when confronted with his sin, uh, from the Lord. Um, he weeps and cries yet continues to worship uh, all these things that we can definitely be looking at and respecting even more now as we dive into the Psalms yes. and understand the depth that when he writes the words that we're reading, um, exactly what may have happened in his life to bring him to mean those and to want to lead other people in worshiping with those kind of words. Yes, exactly. When he when he talks about repenting before the Lord, as you'll see in Psalm 51, it you can you can get an idea of the depth to which he was experiencing that. So following on from that, um, life gets messy. He, he ends up having family drama. Um, and one of his sons, Absalom causes it because he essentially revolts. So Absalom gets a following of people within the kingdom and challenges David essentially. And David's forced to flee. He has to leave Jerusalem. He has to run from his own house, his own kingdom, and he's running from his son. And it's again, just like he was with Saul and he's hiding in the wilderness, hiding in caves. And this is an area where we have some specific Psalms that mention this. Um, Psalm three is about Absalom's revolt. There's also, um, I believe like there's some where David's in a cave, um, that I think are around when Absalom was chasing him. But for sure, Psalm three is speaking of, Absalom chasing him. Yeah, which which also brings up another point that the Psalms are not chronological to David's life. No, you know, so don't don't assume just because it's earlier on in the Psalms it has to be somewhere earlier on in David's life. Like that's not how they were structured or organized. So that also adds to our conversation on structure. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you made that. But just to come back to him fleeing, that was just another really really low time. In particular, this time there was people just like accusing Davis, uh, David of receiving, you know, things he just like, they, they were cursing him and saying he deserved everything that he was getting in this fleeing. And it was just a really low time. I mean, you can just imagine not everything being King. And then all of a sudden you're fleeing for your life. That's a dramatic shift. Mm. And then David comes out of this, gets back. Everything's restored only when Absalom dies. 
which is his son. And he's, he mourns over the death of Absalom. And so um, you just get to see some of the, like the mourning in his life as he is sad for the death of his son, but then comes back to being king. From there on, um, I don't really have any other big stories that I, I was thinking to touch on. It's just he, he lives out his days. He, pre- he, pre- he prepares Israel for the temple to be built. David himself doesn't build it, but yeah. he prepares them, organizes the Israelites, that type of stuff. Yeah, one of, one of Israel's greatest worshipers doesn't even get to build the temple, yeah. which Israel will worship God. Yeah. Um, that's what I've, I've always found that slightly um, maybe ironic, you know, but there's a promise that his son will do it, and he yeah. does hold on to that too. So um, King David's life. It's a lot. We, we covered a lot. You probably have heard a lot of this, but it's good to be reminded of. So you have more weight as you begin reading through all of that, um, as you begin Psalm 16 and certainly through the rest of the ones that we're hitting this summer. Um, I think that's going to do it for us today as far as covering King David's life. Don't forget, we have events coming up. You can head to the website for all of those things. Otherwise, uh, encouragement to just keep on reading, keep on trekking on, and uh, making connections this summer. Invite people to group. Invite people to come to our community events so that we can continue ministering to people and certainly bring them into community and in the Word together. You got anything else to add? Just if you have questions, please ask the questions to any of the leaders at group or at any of the events, or if you want to send something into us, please, we're, we would love to ask, answer those questions as well. Yep. And we're going to have a whole uh, little session at some point dedicated to answering some of those questions. So bring them in. So we got something to talk about yes. as, a, and we're hoping to bring other people on to the podcast as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Just know that you are loved and we will see you soon.